So this was the initial podcast that we were going to do based on soundtracks but it covers a lot of the stuff that we end up covering in retro rejects so i decided to include this just as our little pilot episode for people that might be interested and people that are interested in lost boys and as well because i'm a lazy fucker i don't want to go back re-recording stuff about lost boys again so hope you enjoy pretty cool play if you're marching or a Hello and welcome to Untitled Soundtrack. Soundtracks. Show. Episode one. The, yeah, basically, this new show that we have, we're going to be talking about uh, some of our favourite and probably more unusual soundtracks that people mightn't um, be too familiar with. And uh, while well, we're getting started with something that I someone should or well people should be familiar with and forgive the L kind of like stumbling over things it's been quite a long time since we've done a podcast or any mm-hmm. kind of recording hasn't it it has indeed quite uh, some time over a year I'd say nearly yeah uh, mm. and we're basically uh, 100 gecks so tell everyone that 100 gecks have a podcast <laughs> but um yeah this week's show we'll just get started with Lost Boys yes classic some people say a cult classic. I think it's just a classic. Classic, classic. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I, I think probably even in the 80s when people used to be saying that, well, probably in the 90s when people were talking about it as a cult classic, it was a classic. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think there was a time when even Warner Brothers were releasing, like, um, I, I think nearly their versions of Criterion. Really, yeah, uh, was things. Uh, well, but yeah. there were like there wasn't really any features on it, so it was stuff like The Shining, Dirty Harry. I think, but you know that mm. kind of type of film. And Lost Boys was, yes, uh, one of the releases that would have been kind of like you know regularly, kind of like you know put in with all Absolutely. those. Well, I mean, it's not receiving into pop culture. You know, people might not realize it, but it definitely has. When people picture vampires, what do they picture? Yeah, it, it totally changed it. Yeah, I suppose before for people who aren't familiar with, I'd imagine anyone listening to the show is familiar with the film The Lost Boys but for those who aren't it's a horror comedy movie uh, set very very much set in the kind of the 80s um, about a family who moved to a new area where the granddad is um, after the mum has a divorce and they're broke and they meet up with a bunch of vampires who try and kind of bring him into their family mm. and it's the story of the, them kind of like but see this is the thing with, as with a lot of great films there's not much of a story to it mm. as there should be it's an hour and a half long it's like The Crow I think is a great film a lot of old cowboy movies are just revenge tales mm-hmm. um, Lost Boys it is just a thing kind of like young kids get caught up with a bunch of vampires and they go off and they try and kill them that's yep. it simple high concept and, uh, nearly yeah, yeah that's just the thing people who aren't from the 80s were made up of high concept movies hmm. um, I think Lost Boys pretty much is one of those um, hmm. and as well if you haven't guessed with the, the, the podcast we talk about the movie and the soundtrack mm-hmm. um, with it because I don't see 
we could just you talk can't about separate the, the two, though, No, yeah. definitely not. These, I think one of the things that makes Lost Boy such a great film is the soundtrack, mm-hmm. uh, especially for the time. I did, did you see it when it came out originally? Yeah, I would have, yeah. Uh, but um, I'm probably a few years after it came out, maybe not in the cinema or anything mm, like that. Yeah, I didn't see it in the cinema. It was very yeah. right here in Ireland. Mm. Um, it was like, um, I'd imagine probably other places in the world. It was a massive hit uh, mm. on video, VHS. Like, I ended up, uh, because, like, I mean, you couldn't really buy videos for a long, long time. Or if you did, it was mm-hmm. basically you'd pay the same amount that, like, a video store was kind of paying for. Yeah. And then somewhere in the late 80s, it became that you could More buy. More affordable, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, with some of them. Yeah. Remember, Star Wars never came out. E.T. Mm. never came out. And there was, I think, maybe Indiana Jones as well. You can buy Yeah, it was being literally had to wait till it was being shown on TV. Yeah. And, and they were quite Trying awful at it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Try and pause during the ads. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, the last boys, jeez, oh, I probably looked at it, like, every day or twice every day. Friend that I was hanging around with at the time when we were, like... Jesus, how old were probably like eight or nine when I came out? Um, mm. Like we watched it religiously. We used to act it out the whole time, play out, kind of, you know, kind of stories around Lost Boys, draw comics mm. based on it. But like we weren't like the two weird kids that were into, you know, it's not like we were fucking Columbine shooters or anything like that, you know. Kind of, <laughs> but you were weird, kid, yeah. weird kids in fairness. But so. no, but like yeah. it was just big. It was like know, everyone yeah. like was big into Lost Boys. Like originally it was going to be a Goonies type movie. Mm. Um and um, it was oh god what was it Not, well it was directed by Joel Schumacher who uh, people might remember from such great movies as The Batman Forever yeah, was it Batman and Robin was yeah, it yeah I can't remember yeah, it was Batman Forever it's the one with the nipples it? yeah <laughs> uh, but he like before that he would have done films like St. Elmo's Fire and it was kind of like a very youthful kind of hmm. I suppose and it's hard to look back like <laughs> I suppose up until this point and like the 80s were a great time for movies for fucking loads of different reasons but as well it was very much I think the year of the teenager hmm. um, and bringing it in and kind of like highlighting the so like you had a lot of John Hughes films and kind of like films like St. Elmo's Fire which had like young people in kind of like real situations but it was cool and kind of yeah. like had a good then St. Elmo's Fire had a good soundtrack to it as well um, who did St. Elmo's was it Billy Joel I don't know you You're the one know. talking about it. Mm. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. But um, yeah, but like I mean, Lost Boys was originally going to be like the Goonies. It was being directed by uh, Richard Donner. And mm. whenever you look at things, it always cracks me up when people are talking about them. They're like, oh, Dick Donner. And it's kind I of said, like, oh, you're your matey, Dick. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, but it is yeah. that kind of thing, is it? Oh, Dick. And it's like, well, sure, if you want to be called Dick, he'd have Dick Donner down on yeah, him. Fucking kind of yeah. like, you know, directed by Dick Donner. But he was directing it. Um, and it was going to be like another Goonies thing but he kind of by his own admission if he doesn't film stuff straight away he kind of loses interest in it mm. and that happened and he went off and he did Lethal Weapon ah. um, so that's where Joel Schumacher was after working with Richard Donner's wife previously <clears throat> and she recommended him for it so he came in and he kind of changed it up away from the Goonies thing because mm. he thought that was just fucking stupid and he didn't want to do a kids movie right. but as well like the, the original script for it was more based around um, Peter Pan Mm-hmm. Um, that's where the Lost, the Lost Boys, Boys came, came from, from yeah. yeah, and it was more kind of family friendly uh, kind of vampire thing and then it kind of changed but you can see that's like the bones of it are still there with Lost Boys like I can't remember that there's a book I'll have to read it out a very very limited edition run um, done uh, where it's like the making of Lost Boys and it's got loads of interviews with everyone involved in it um, 
and it was interviews with people that were like involved with the original script and they were like really upset to see it turn into because it was so far away mm. but like it would have been the thing where Max probably would have been Peter Pan yeah. Um, in it and then it was The Lost Boys and then it was that thing where it was nearly um, I, I think it was like say Sam's mother and all that was like Wendy and that's why you see her in like she's like a waif with kind of like you know short hair like Wendy out of the Peter Pan story yeah. and all that or probably more like Peter Pan or I, I don't know if they've actually seen Peter Pan hmm. have you? maybe she's a bit of a tinkerbell yeah no who's tinkerbell wasn't she in Jiminy Cricket oh, I don't know or Jiminy Cricket wasn't a thing Jiminy Cricket was it <laughs> we're yeah. getting, very, yeah. getting very confused here yeah but anyway mm. it evolved into mm. what it is now where it's kind of like Joel Schumacher really injected kind of like the, the hip vibe into it um, I suppose and uh, oh she used to be one of the judges in Face Off Val Neal was it Val oh, Neal oh yeah yeah she mm. was like involved with the, the mm. makeup and all that stuff because originally the people that were going to do the vampire effects in it were um the guys that did Fright Night. All right. But yeah. when they saw the initial kind of sketches for it and the mm. the first things, they were like, it looks a little bit too much like Fright Night. They wanted to have it kind it's of realistic. Thing, yeah. Yeah, and they wanted to have that. And as well, but a lot of people might realise it wasn't common in a lot of vampire films for there to be a very definite change where it's like, yeah, oh, you're it was, it was normally just like, oh, look, you can see me fangs now. But yeah. now it's like, you know, the kind of the ridge forehead and the snarling face mm. and, you know, the, the proper like well, that animalistic that, change. Like even Joss Whedon said that like Buffy mm. was heavily influenced. Absolutely. Like a lot of vampire films from The Lost Boys on. Yeah. I think that's sure, where you, you have the separation. Buffy, like, I mean, it's... Oh, he's based on David. Yeah. Like he was, uh, but like there was kind of the thing, it's like before Lost Boys and after. Mm. I think I think you got like I can't remember if Vamp was before Lost Boys I think it was but you had films like Vamp and Fright Night mm-hmm. which were probably setting the groundwork for yeah a kinda, modern vampire yeah, research yeah because before it was it was like really like Hammer was after fucking up by kind of releasing they, nearly they oversaturated the market with Dracula movies mm. into the 70s and then stupid shit like Dracula AD 1972 or whatever it was where it was like Dracula being funky and so you know yeah. where it was like people just didn't take and it wasn't like no one was scared by a fucking yeah, yeah vampire yeah, Dracula they're like oh it's for kids I know yeah yeah, like flying around and, you mm. know, whoa, look, I've got a cloak on. Yeah. I can't come out of my coffin, oh no. And like, I think it might have been late 70s or early 80s. I don't know if you saw it. It used to be played a lot when we were younger. Um, it was like Dracula with Frank Langella. Mm. Um, and where he was kind of like more of a tragic kind of figure. Yeah. I suppose. Although thing, I suppose Bram Stoker's Dracula came out a few years after The Lost Boys as well, mm. which was very good. Yeah. Um, but I mean, The Lost Boys did that whole thing of modernising it a bit where it's like, it's not some like weird old chap living in a castle that turns into no. that. It's like they had, a, mm. you know, their young boys as such yeah. and they're like their whole, their kind of their... It was fun to be a vampire. Yeah, they're in a cave, lot. like, yeah. yeah they had the cave done up like a teenager's bedroom, basically, yeah. you know. But, like, in Salem's Lot, they're monsters. Yeah. You know, like, they are monsters. Like, I mean, you don't kind of look at Salem's Lot and go, gee, I'd love to be one of those. Yeah. Living in the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> with that bald freak bossness around, kind yeah. of like with these antiques. That's it. Yeah. I mean, like, the Lost Wives was like, it was kind of like, oh, you can live forever and we can just party all night. Kind it was of thing. cool. That's like, what it yeah. was. And, like, I mean... That just really appealed to teenagers. Yeah. Like, it's just, you don't any daytime responsibilities you just come mm. out at night and you know gowl around a bit well they were sure did the whole tagline too it was like you know um I can't remember the tagline but along those lines yeah. of kind of like you know party all night kind of like mm. you know it's fun to be a vampire yeah. um 
And, it's cool to be a vampire. Yeah, hey, yeah. Well, and like that was it because beforehand, it was, like I mean, it was Dracula was cool, but mm. at the same point, you have to be very cool to pull off a fucking cape. Exactly, <laughs> like, a yeah. certain type of person, yeah. Really. Yeah. Whereas these were all sort of like leather jackets and mm. white motorcycles and, and spiked It was hair. like excessive. Like it mm. was too beyond the point. But I think one of the big things that made was the cast mm. as well. Like I mean, they've tried. Like I think there's a reason why they never remade it and why every time they kind of seem to try and remake it it doesn't work mm. I think with The Lost Boys it was one of those things where it was really was lightning in the bottle it was the right mm. director right time they had like a crew of people that were like really dedicated mm. that were kind of like trying new things like with the makeup the vampire effects they um, had they had the right people in each of the roles as well they had the yeah, right leads like they were the, there was great chemistry between mm. them all like without fucking going through every single one of them kind of say like Kiefer Sutherland as David at the time he was apparently a bit of a prick. <laughs> kind of Which copy kind of prick, suits you know? the, yeah, suits the character, him. yeah. He had a lot of charisma. Like, I, I didn't realise it was like, he's got probably the least amount of lines in the whole mm. movie, apart from kind of Michael, which he probably says a hundred times. Yeah. No, he just broods around a bit looking cool, doesn't he? Mm. That's all. Um, but like, apparently, he, he very much was like the leader of the Lost Boys, kind of like off the set. And this is the whole thing. I think whatever was going on with all of them, as kids away from the movie mm. it kind of probably spilled out into the movie so you know that kind of chemistry yeah, was the there yeah. yeah. Uh, Jason Patrick as David or Michael Michael yeah um, him and Corey Haim got on extremely well mm. Corey Haim or as well apparently he was just like not wild but like he would have been I think 15 or 16 but he was hanging out with all the older kids mm. while kind doing of, stuff he probably shouldn't have been doing at that yeah, age yeah and they were all like wow he's kind of cool because I think there was a story in the book that one night the cops got called to their hotel when they were having a party in there and he managed to kind of like talk the cops out and doing anything about it and Fuck the cops sake. were like oh carry yeah. on and enjoy yourself and they're all like my god like he's fucking this charismatic little guy yeah. yeah and I think that it was around this time Corey Feldman started doing drugs like Corey Feldman would have been a well established actor at this time mm. um, in his own right and for anyone I'm not going to get into it because it'll just sound like a dickhead but Corey Feldman's book I can't his biography I can't mm. remember what the fuck it is it's a kind of a corny title um I would urge people to listen to the audiobook version of that, which he narrates. Now, the guy has had a fucking yeah, a rough life. Very up and down life. Yeah, yeah, there's been a lot of abuse or alleged abuse from yeah. his kind of point, Adam, from like family members, people outside, you know. Mm. It, it's not a kind of, but like, I mean, it does highlight what probably happens to a lot of child, child actors, actors and things yeah. over there. So, but like, the book he narrates it in such a way that when he's talking about his mother he puts on his mother's voice and then he shoots back to himself so, so he's acting all the parts basically yeah, yeah so it will be kind of like you know his mother kind of like you dirty little shit kind of like, you know <laughs> and he'd be like but mom <laughs> um, and it, it, it's entertaining it's, yeah. it's if it wasn't it's not it wasn't fu- so tragic yeah, yeah if it wasn't so tragic it'd be funny oh, well, it was funny when you were listening <laughs> too because of the, the acting but, mm. but like he was established at the time as that now apparently he was a little bit of a kind of a shit on set as well now from his point of view he wasn't mm. there was bits where like um 
Joel Schumacher savaged him for like being late on set. There were uh, there was one scene where that they were shooting where they're after killing one of the Van Marco down in the cave, and they had like a tight turnaround for it, and mm. he disappeared. Apparently, he was off like smoking weed or doing cocaine or something. No, he would have been sixteen at the <laughs> I time, know, yeah. so he was really late. And his point was, oh, I wasn't doing that. It just it took me really long to wash off all the gunk off me and get back, mm. but. I don't know. I, I can't, you know, it's just different stories. Um, which I think Lost Boys, Brooke mm. MacArthur, who was, um, I can't remember what, did, but he was the guy, Paul, I think it was, with the, mm. the furry blonde hair kind of oh, guy. Right, yeah. He was originally going to be Michael mm. in it. And then they got Jason Patrick to do it. So that must have been a bit hard. I know, to sidestep into kind of a a part character or such, or a a supporting role rather Mm. than the lead role. Yeah, he was very good. But apparently there was stuff with him on set as well where they were like, he can't act. (laughs) (laughs) So there was one scene where, you know, where it's like garlic don't work, boys, when they throw Mm. it up on the table and they push him into the bat and he dies. um, Where he couldn't get like... He just kept looking kind of, all right, Joe Schumacher was, he was stoned out of his head. So this is going on for ages where he couldn't get any reaction out of him. So Joe Schumacher just slapped him. <laughs> so that's why he seemed being really angry. <laughs> kind of, that's like real anger. Yeah, that's not acting. Yeah. And then, of course, he had Alex Winter, hmm. who went on to a lot bigger things kind of like afterwards. Yeah. Um, but even when they were talking in the book about Alex Winter and Joel Schumacher, they were saying when well, he just came out of movie school at the time and he was very kind of methodical and he was very interested in film hmm. stuff. Um, and they had uh, Billy Worth, who was playing Dwayne. Dwayne. In it. Um, and who anyone who at the last, over the last while there was like a documentary about American Gladiators on Netflix. Yeah. He's one of the, the original contenders in it yeah. that gets like angry with the gladiators um, and stuff, which I was surprised when I saw oh, it. I was like, oh my, my God, God, it's I fucking Billy Wirt. There you go. Um, but yeah, the cast is stellar. And then Max and, you know, the older people are yeah. are great as well, but we won't get into either all that. But I, I suppose it's at the time, I think it was pretty much well received. Hmm. Um, but as we were saying it went on and, and didn't spawn any sequels mm-hmm. uh, there was always talk that Joel Schumacher was going to go back and do like a sequel where David survived yeah. then there was going to be The Lost Girls I think and then it was Jesus oh, I don't know 2007 8 or whatever it was mm-hmm. that they finally they did the sequel did, yeah. which was The Tribe which didn't the only person I had from the original cast was Corey Feldman yeah. Corey Haim was in it very briefly but was cut out of it mm-hmm. and they, you can see the deleted scenes well, but that was and uh, Angus Sutherland who mm. was uh, Donald Sutherland's son yeah. And it's awful. Like the acting is awful in it. The story is terrible in yeah, it. The vampires are just terrible. Yeah. yeah. The the say the lost boys are the tribe in it. They're just like asshole jocks. Yeah, pretty much. Whereas yeah. kind of like they kind of are in the other one, but they're, they're kind of the, they're the weird outsiders that everyone wanted to be friends with kind of you know yeah. they're kind of cool you know but you could see that they assholes. were like maybe they're kind of, yeah like yeah. what whereas with these are like though these are like yeah why would you want to hang around yeah they're there? horrible fucking yeah. people like um there is no redeeming characteristics mm. and then the leads in it as well which I think were meant to be Star and David's children mm. but they kind of had to change it and because they were meant to be dead in a car crash mm. And then that kind of changed in the next one, which the Troy, or no, the, the Thirst, mm. which I thought was all right. 
I told it's shit. It doesn't really kind of like hold up to the the original, God, no, obviously, but it's, but it's yeah. better than the tribe. Yeah. I think it's kind They're of. They're just coasting by on the name, really. Yeah, it's yeah. more comic booky. Yeah. It's more about Edgar Frog, yeah. and and it's it's all right. It's yeah. kind of like you throw like looking at it there the last time. I know. It's, yeah. it's nowhere near like, as yeah, bad as I can see it. Actually, you know this guy growing up and fucking yeah. the shit life and all the rest. Yeah. And you can see they were tempted to try and. Yeah. I suppose pay some homage to the original and as well Corey Haim obviously mm. would have died just maybe before it I don't know I can't don't know how long of the, the, the gap there was, was yeah. but you can see there was like a lot of kind of um, reminiscing mm. that going on which it, yeah you can it's trying to be respectful yeah of, of it um, it could have I think it would have been okay for maybe a pilot mm. for a TV show with them like yeah, you know on sci-fi or something like that. on its own like yeah. no it's not, it's not great but um, hmm. yeah the, the, the soundtrack exactly time to start talking about yeah. that really I suppose isn't yeah. it I suppose at the time Warner Brothers film Warner Brothers big record label as well mm-hmm. so as was the thing a lot of the time in the 80s um, probably into the 90s as well mm-hmm. uh, movie studios this is why we big part of the podcast why I kind of particularly like soundtracks it was like say um, it, it was nearly kind of like your only kind of way of having a playlist other mm. than kind of like taping stuff off the radio but like for bands that you mightn't have heard yeah. um, that would be or bigger or stuff bands. that wasn't your typical like now that's what I call music yeah. so it's like kind of a cool collection of curated bands exactly yeah so like yeah. say with the Lost Boy soundtrack there was a lot of bands on it that didn't like didn't go on to listen to ever again you know um, mm. but it was it was rock mm. at the time it was kind of like you know kind of well yeah it was heavy rock mm. um, other things like uh, fucking well I suppose we get into it, like Scream and all these soundtracks that mm. came out years later would have introduced people to was it Scream I think it was Scream that introduced people to Linkin Park mm. um, or maybe it was a Dracula 2000 but we'll get to that some stage yes, further down, down the line. but yeah they were kind of like you know our version of mm playlists um, and then the, as promotional pieces what kind of like say like Warner Brothers did was they had bands that they wanted to promote and push mm. that they put it on her cool and upcoming bands that they thought would exactly. get people Cross to buy promotion. yeah so Synergy. the soundtrack would come out beforehand and nearly act like a trailer I yeah. can remember seeing the tra- that's how I became aware of the Lost Boys I was looking at Top of the Pops and I can't remember what song was but I had clips from the Lost Boys on it and looked it was like yeah, my god like, that, looks that fucking, film looks yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. so yeah, it worked like, you know, it was promotional things, but they gathered together their stuff. And I suppose, um, well, the big song off mm. it was Cry Little Sister, mm. uh, which is kind of like G. Tom Mack or Graham McCann or fucking, I can never remember his name because it's, it's so different, kind of like a different things. But that was the big... Yeah, um, the bombastic sort of headliner track yeah. such that uh, everyone knew. And that was written... Uh, for mm. Gerald McCann that was written for like Lost Boys mm. specifically like it was an actual yeah, thing yeah, kind a of thing, thing where itself. it was to go with the, with the movie um, he said himself before that it wasn't so much about vampires as it was about kind of like a fear of losing family and kind mm. of like just to have a kind of a a creepy kind of feeling to it yeah. but I think it, it's an amazing song 
Oh, it is. It's just and the second you hear it, you're just like lost boys immediately. Yeah, you know. But it is. But it's just a do 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 do, and it kind of feels like in the movie context, like it's them flying. It nearly mm. feels like yeah, kind of bat wing. wings. Yeah, it wings. Associates. Yeah, and you kind of go to vampires. Yeah, that was one of the clever things they did in the film as well. They were going to have shots where they showed the vampires flying, mm. and I think they saw it and they were like, "Look, it cost fucking Superman millions to mm. do it in the seventies. We can't do it without making it look shit. So let's just." Have it from Not the point it. of view as well, yeah. So they did it from the point of view with that sound where it was mm. kind of like that <laughs> <laughs> kind of sound. Um, and you should go into sound effects yeah. there, so you should <laughs> yeah. But it worked so well, yeah. you know, where it was, uh, they were so much better. So when you had, like with the Evil Dead, mm. where it was from the perspective of the dead eye kind of demon, yeah. um, when it were, it's coming. Sneaking in, through yeah. the forest, yeah. You were like, it just worked really, really, yeah. really well. Now, there was one bit for people that might have eagle eyes in the movie. Mm. Um, where they had a shot where it was the camera uh, going down when they were like going into the cave oh yes but yeah. then they just played that backwards yeah. for when they were coming out of the cave and it doesn't make any sense yeah because why would you be flying backwards yeah. and looking into the cave exactly yeah it's kind of like it's not from you don't see the out it's yeah. with it well, that, that's but that's what I mean it's more very few people pick up on that no. they're just like oh they're leaving the cave and it's only when somebody actually says you kind of go fuck yeah why would they be flying backwards yeah. like, why are they looking at the cave oh yeah but it was just like it's a very smart yeah. way to just paper over like oh Jesus mm. we can't do this but it's I think it's the immersion that you get mm. when you're watching the movie I don't know what it's like say for a new person looking at it I'd love yeah. to be like Fresh say someone like, of this generation yeah. looking at it and seeing if it has the same impact um, mm. but yeah it is just, you just get like a lot of films yeah, you get like I watch you you definitely do 10 minutes into it, you have your fucking phone out and you're not yeah, paying attention. Yeah, you're just bored, yeah, it doesn't yeah. grab you, yeah. Whereas with Lost Boys, it's like, yeah, entertaining. I mean, to watch it. Yeah, when we were looking at it the other night, I guess for probably a million time, mm. it was just like, oh yeah, this is, you know, mm. it's and it's the same things that like would have sort of uh, stood out to me, say, as a kid watching it, like, say, the scene where they're on the, the train tracks and they're like, right, drop off into the fog. That fucking terrified the shit out of me as a kid, like, mm. just the thought of that. And watching it now, I still get, you and know, get what, shivers like going oh Jesus with that scene as well I always thought that when you're looking at it the way the, the fog is coming up mm. it looks like there's a line going across and I always thought that they had him standing on some kind of like um, mm. table or something like that or and they just kind of like badly but it's not that's real yeah they had him hanging from um, fucking, an actual suspension yeah, bridge like yeah. obviously not like by their hand but they had like ropes around their wrists and stuff yeah, and they had him strapped on they got like really badly fucked up yeah um, doing it and stuff but that was to the 80s I know it's <laughs> just like we don't have any other ways we don't have computer generated yeah. uh, effects now so we just do it for real but I also I was kind of that they did that on whatever soundstage they did it on and it looked fake yeah, <laughs> and it's just like oh mm-hmm. um, but yeah Cry Little Sister I think is like I mean it's obviously the standout kind of thing on mm-hmm. the tra- and, but like it's been covered by Marilyn Manson mm-hmm. Churches mm-hmm. Uh, Aiden did a cover of it for they were like they were uh, I don't know if they're still around but they were going to be like a, a, an upcoming band mm-hmm. um, for the time of the sequel and it was used on both of the, yeah. the, the tracks but uh, was and he did he was using True Blood as well he did an acoustic oh, version right, of yeah. it which yeah. was actually really good it was mm. kind of like that bluesy kind of Louisiana kind of yeah bluesgrass yeah so I don't know yeah whatever Americana type yeah stuff. we're only talking about music like as yeah. if we have to have like correct terminology for it <laughs> yeah 
But uh, yeah, like it's but then you had like in excess were kind of big at the time, mm. so there was two in excess songs on. And now, according to some people, that was apparently what sold Kiefer Sutherland on because he was like, Oh, if yeah, in excess, in excess we're doing it, yeah. Now, I saw an interview with Kiefer Sutherland and he didn't say that he was only after doing one film, it was his first film that he did in yeah, America, so he was yeah. thrilled to fucking do it. Yeah, um, I think he might have done Stand By Me before that, mm. and sure, he would have done that with Corey yeah. Feldman as well. Um, but uh, yeah so so I don't know but Jimmy Barnes mm. now I've always kind of like who the fuck is Jimmy Barnes do you know who Jimmy Barnes so is tell me who Jimmy Barnes is then uh, well apparently he was like really big in Australia like massive I think he's like the biggest selling Australian artist in uh, Australia he's like still on the go but he'd be up there with like likes of, oh yeah yeah and just say we're on Wikipedia now for this um He's combined some 20 number one hits albums in Australia, eclipsing the Beatles, Madonna, Eminem, and U2. So, like, this guy, he's been going since, like, the early 70s, but he's, like, fucking massive. Um... But mm. he never, well, he didn't seem he to didn't break. break this side of the world. Then, yeah, well, it's some yeah. kind of, that didn't really work too well, though. Mm. <laughs> um, but the, the, it's good times. Um, what was it laying down the law as well as the other one that they have? Yeah, lay down the law. Um, they're kind of, I don't know, kind of bluesy, kind of rock, mm. kind of good vibe songs. Yeah. They're not like dark. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they're not like, like the rest. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sure the Lost Boys is made now. Yeah. It, 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 they try and go for like a crow version of the soundtrack, yeah, or else they go like, the fucking opposite way and it'll be like Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, or exactly. Something. Yeah. Um, but yeah they're, they're, they wouldn't be highlights of the track I think. it's a strange thing to but it goes yeah, to show what choice. they thought at the time with yeah. NXS how big they were and probably with Jimmy Barnes they were probably like yeah. these are our big fucking hitters put them on first mm. and then NXS were Australian as well weren't they yeah they were yeah, yeah. So. Mm. what was this was this a conspiracy to get Australians famous probably yeah mm. um, but like probably my favourite song off the album other than Cry Little Sister and I think for what a lot of people would have associated with definitely Lou Graham who sang it and mm. put it together who's Lou Graham for people who don't know is a singer from Foreigner yeah um so like I mean that would have been a big foreigner were massive at the time as well mm. so to get them him to know, do yeah. a song on the album is fairly big uh, but Lost in the Shadows and that was I think that was he thought that that was going to be the team too like you know yeah. because it even it's, it like, is it sounds like yeah, a team it's like, like say hello to the night Lost Boys <laughs> Lost in the Shadow but that the, it's the fucking that 80s reverb drummy mm. thing that and that carries that whole song as well as Cry Little Sister I think they have yeah. that kind of just yeah, a, the bombastic <laughs> drums yeah the, uh, very, the big sound and yeah mm. but like even when that comes up in the film where they're having like the bike race mm. thing that's it's fucking. I remember seeing it the first time. It's like, oh my god, yeah. this is you know. It's, it's just, just a, this kind of. It's I hate using like fucking buzzwords, but it's very kinetic kind of. Thing, mm. You know, it's just like yeah, energetic, high, high powered. And like, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. But it sounds it it probably like more metal as well. You know, kind of like you listen to it now and you kind of. Oh, uh, it's good eighties, a bit synthy. Yeah. yeah, but like at the time, mm. it was especially to an eight year old in the eighties. Yeah, it was just yeah. like it was cool. like this is fucking yeah. kind of like you know the shits, um, and then what's not the shit. It mm. was that they had it for it was going to be like for the the close and song, mm. but I think they closed it out with um, people are strange, yes, didn't they? they did, yeah. Um, 
and people are strange played was the intro as well when they were like yeah. showing Santa Carla that's it when I was yeah, uh, establishing shock kind of mm, yeah. uh, fun fact <laughs> is what everyone anyone that listened to anything about Lost was oh, Santa Carla real place Santa Cruz mm. murder capital of the world they were asked not please don't use our name <laughs> so they changed Santa Carla it was called murder capital of the world at the time not because there was like a load of people well there was being, people being murdered but there was a couple of serial killers that were just after caught I think the year mm. before and might have been three of them mm. which I suppose is that's a lot yeah, yeah it's a fair few but um yeah but oh yeah but fucking sorry going out with the song Roger Daltrey yeah singer from The Who another big hitter exactly um and he did like a cover version of Don't Let the Sun Go yeah, Down Elton on John, Me yeah. Elton John yeah now, it's a good song but mm. it doesn't fit yeah it's a I bit think, sort of yeah mm, what, what is this yeah. down here in the middle of it all I could see how the original thing they were like that'd be great for the like, lyrics are spot yeah, on you for know? The, yeah. the end credits yeah. going out and then you kind of go oh no it, it just doesn't fit in with the, the rest of the album mm-hmm. um, and like we were saying People Are Strange was a song that they actually used to open it up yeah um which I think it set the vibe as well because people are strange it's just it's this weird it's almost kind of like a comedy but it's not quite Mm. you know what I mean it's just a kind of kind of sets the tone that this is a little bit tongue in cheek and stuff like that well I think Echo and the Bunnymen Mm. and like Echo and the Bunnymen would have been coming up at that stage as well Mm. so they wanted to push them and I think well definitely over here kind of like Echo and the Bunnymen would have been probably bigger more popular in in Mm. excess anyway definitely or any of the rest of the people that were on the the thing um, for some reason I don't know why Echo and the Bunnymen just reverberated with the Irish and Celtic mentality hit the right spots Uh, yeah but Mm. like I mean their cover version of it Mm. is fucking there's something eerie about it as well yeah but there is that kind of where it's just like hmm. it's kind of a spooky vibe kind of thing you know but it it sets like the the whole theme of the movie is kind of like alienation it's kind Mm. of like how all these young people are kind of away on their own Mm. in their which most young people are in their own little world and they do feel some type of alienation Mm. so I think that's probably one of the things the main like why Lost Boys is so universally liked yeah it just strikes a chord I think with people everyone if you're older you've had that experience if you're younger you're going through it right mm. now and as well it's just that teenage hormone thing where yeah. kind of like everyone turns into a fucking asshole at some stage <laughs> yeah. and it's it's like the whole thing where Michael is going down there and he could easily go off with the bad crowd mm. but he's just a good kid at heart and he's like I ain't gonna kill nobody yeah uh, exactly I'll try and turn back mm, the other way but turn then he does yeah. you know, do you see the thing at the end as well where with David mm-hmm. um, where it's remember you know you can only become a full vampire when you make your first kill mm. I never really thought of it and then he was like his first kill was David that's why I remember when um, he's like I still don't feel he's like a, he, the rest in reverse yeah but he stays he's like a full vampire yeah he oh, goes yeah. from being because yeah. he's after making his first, his first kill. kill yeah. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't necessarily have to be your first kill with drinking blood and yeah, stuff. Yeah, just a, a regular old human. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, yeah. But yeah, with People Are Strange, I think it's just, it's a great song yeah, anyway. It's perfect it does, for yeah. it, yeah. And w- w- with that shot as well at the start, that was like mm. actual people around Santa Cruz and stuff mm. like that area was pretty much like the way that It just they, had that vibe, yeah. Yeah, that they show it. It's, there is no... Kind of, mm. and it would have been like a lot of homeless kind of teens and stuff so that was kind of part of the idea of a place like that where it was like well maybe in a place like this kind of people could go missing yeah all these strays and waifs and stuff like yeah, that and, yeah and you know that they wouldn't be 
necessarily picked up and they wouldn't have a lot of people coming looking for him I suppose really mm. yeah um, but then you have kind of as well going on I'm just working through the list of the songs mm. uh, here kind of with it but Power Play by Eddie and the Tide mm. Um, I can't even remember where the hell that was playing in the film. I think it might have been playing in the comic book store at one point. Could have been. Um, that comic book store, from what I can remember, the people that were like playing the Frog Brothers' parents, mm. one of those was the actual owner of the store. All right. Um, and they, yeah, it's there's. I can't remember. I don't want to say anything about it just in case I'm kind of like no wrong. But yeah. there was like you know. Um, that was nice that you know sort of they're using a location like that. That yeah. yeah, it was a real comic store. Yeah, that, yeah. that was the whole thing, and that was the thing. I think that for a lot of people as well in the eighties, because it's different now. We're kind of like being a nerd is cool, mm. um, but. There was very few. No, people didn't talk about comic books. The the like Lost Boys was in the first films I remember seeing where it was like Mm. people were openly talking about and like had passion for comic books. Mm. uh, Where where they're going and it was like like I thought for a long time like destroy all vampires is a real comic and I was trying to find like all these (laughs) vampire you know and I was like why can't I get it? But just even the way Sam was talking about like oh Batman number fourteen and it kind of nearly introduced people that wouldn't have been aware that there was um like people collected comic you know that exactly there's value to comic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought that was actually kind of a nice thing in all of the stupid thing to do in like the the tourist the Lost mm. Boys the tourist one where it's like uh, Edgar Frog leaves Batman number 14 on Sam's grave Yeah, but you're like it's like worth a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> yeah. could have sold a lot of fish yeah huh? and he's like struggling to get $500 to keep his caravan yeah. and it's like just sell just it, sell it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he'd be issue. happy to know that you're not going to be yeah, homeless and yeah. Yeah, on the streets and suffering but anyway I digress oh. that uh, power play by Eddie and the Tide hmm. don't know much about Eddie and apparently they were one of these bands that they were uh, happens an awful lot it still happens an awful lot they're on their way up they're kind of like an up and coming hmm. band and they just got dropped hmm. kind of like, I think the last thing that they kind of did was kind of like the soundtrack to this I think uh, Warner Brothers were like trying to promote them beforehand and they probably looked at this as like this might yeah, be yeah this would be like, their launch pad yeah. then they kind of went nah, nah it ain't happening to the next thing yeah um with it and then hmm. probably I think probably the biggest song the biggest awful. highlight apart from Cry Little Sister yeah, yeah and probably the most visually striking kind of thing that people who know the Lost Boys or people who don't even know the Lost yeah, Boys yeah they probably have seen this yeah um, there's Tim Capello which I still believe it was the the song was originally by The Call hmm. which and it was a little bit more kind of doomy right. kind of um, yeah uh, God, but it's the, the version with this. It was Tim Capello was originally going to write a song mm. uh, for an original song, and I don't think it worked out. For people who don't know Tim Capello, if he's a sax man, mm. um, he's a big muscly guy with chains around him that like plays in Lost Boys. But as well, he popped up a version of remember in SNL they did Sergio that was yeah John Hamm was doing that wasn't it and it's like that's probably if people don't know where they know him from they'll have seen the SNL skit or Mm. something like that and they'll be like Jesus yeah I'm the sex man and there is like he's popped up in like uh, there's a lot of different like I can't think of the different people making references Mm. to where you will have like I mean say Gunship have but he's like Mm. on the song with them and that's not like that's a homage to where he plays like the sax in it and mm. he's in the new song as well. Yeah. Um, and, but like... With Tim, and prominent in the video as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, very prominent. 
but like when they were they were shooting that scene where it was Tim Quillow, I think it went on for two nights and they actually threw a party for all the people, kind of like free inside. Yeah, like just to, get, to give the look and the vibe yeah. of an actual party. And the party yeah. was fucking mental. Like yeah. it was like the people were saying it was insane the amount of drugs that were on them. And like you know, Jeez. they obviously couldn't wrangle the crowd because they were getting too kind of like unruly and stuff. Mm. Uh, so and of course Laddie who was the little young vampire and she kind of like I think your woman who played Star was very protective of him there was mm. like one story where she like you know ended up nearly getting into a fight with people that were like offering him weed or something like Jesus. that um, but yeah that scene where Tim Capel he like really got into before that like he, this guy had a fucking really interesting life mm. it's not like they just picked this guy off Random, the street yeah, or something like that guy, yeah. And yeah. pretended to play the sax as would happen in a lot of places yeah like I mean he played for Peter Gabriel um, Tina Turner as well yeah. wasn't it was he was the originally he was uh, I think it was a pianist for uh, Billy Crystal when he was doing his stand up oh, right, yeah, he yeah. used to kind of play one. but yeah Tina Turner was where he became known with the yeah. saxophone but before that he was like he was well known musician he played with a lot of big people I think he might have played with Clapton as well and mm. a few other people but um, yeah they got him in to do the whole thing yeah. and he was he like came with the costume on and they were like alright <laughs> fair enough if yeah. you want to wear a weird leather coat yeah. piece and chains oh, yeah, that was the thing is because like he was a bit like Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. so that was really unusual to see musicians like that as well in the 80s but he went like he was a heroin addict mm, years before yeah. and he kind of wanted to come off the heroin and he got became clean, yeah he got into bodybuilding body yeah. um, and he's still fucking like you see him in the new I was going to say power glove uh, fucking go ship yeah. uh, video or yeah gunship go ship uh, gunship <laughs> video and he's he's still built like an, oh, he's yeah. a, kind of like a, an old dude That's now well, like, you know? I know, well I mean it's like 30 40 years later yeah. like, and he's still you know so fucking good like yeah. but he was like he's a fantastic musician like mm. he, he really really is but one of the stories in the book about him was they were saying that when he came along I think it was Val Neal was saying mm. Uh, that it was uh, he kind of turned around and said to him after like the first night he was like I'm bits I fucking don't know if I can carry on they were like why he was after getting his cock pierced <laughs> and it was like chafing and like tearing oh because God. he was wearing the really yeah. tight kind of thing and they were like what the fuck did you do that for like you know he was like oh, I thought kind of for the character and they were like who's going to be seeing it yeah don't get that in yeah screen, so please. I think they took it out and stuff and he was like but it was just like fucking what a bizarre yeah. attitude I yeah. know yeah I, I think he saw this as he's kind of yeah. you know he's very theatrical like I, th- I have a funny feeling he was in Mad Max Beyond Thunder oh no maybe he just did in tracks mm. I don't know maybe he did but, um, but yeah it was just such an odd thing to have like this saxophone player all oiled up and covered in chains and like spandex and a fucking cod piece it's like you don't expect your saxophone players to look like that no but it was very much part of the 80s yeah. wasn't it? it's why you kind of like even at the time but you know I don't ever seem to remember looking at it at the time kind of going that looks out of place. Yeah, you're just like, oh, yeah, that had happened there. Yeah, it just fit the whole aesthetics and it was yeah. kind of like, oh, what a cool kind of place that they're just like having sax parties. <laughs> Yeah. You know? Now apparently he shows up in the comics that are like mm. meant to be a direct sequel as the believer. I don't. I haven't read the comics. I must see if they have like a collected version of him. Um, but as he's got like a big role in it, huh. whatever that is. Huh. So I don't know. You should have a look at that then. Yes, we'll have a look at it. Mm-hmm. Well, I will. Yes. Um, and then well, like I mean, Thomas Newman does to the shock of Mister, which is kind of like mm. the the team for the kind of like the boardwalk team I mm. suppose which I remember even at the time listening to that and I was like what the fuck is this doing on this you know it just kind of nearly yeah drops out of the blue ruins it yeah 
kind of well it's just the one they had it at the end of it but the whole thing is if you're listening on fucking tape which I would have been at yeah. the time yeah, or on vinyl yeah. you kind of you, have, you let it play through this is the thing as well for people that are going off listening to the soundtrack or if you want to listen to it this is I think one of the, the things against streaming none of the streaming services have it all on it mm. like YouTube you get people who are after uploading it on YouTube alright but there's no like official version there's a lot of songs that aren't on like yeah. Roger Daltrey's one isn't on it um, I don't think people are stranger on it and maybe that's the thing it's all this you know rights issues and stuff like that so you yeah. can't actually gather together the original soundtrack yeah so like I mean shit. that's a, that's what you see with a lot of soundtracks mm. so that's why a lot of the time with us listening to the soundtracks lead be from YouTube or well we have like a yeah. collection of kind of like physical kind of thing yeah, either on CD or yeah. vinyl because obviously some of the songs particularly the ones in the, the late 90s 2000s mm. um, like say Queen of the Damned I don't yeah, think you can get that on, on vinyl CD, but yeah. we have it on CD um, with Escape from LA is mm. another one which we'll be talking about at some stage coming up that's a great fucking soundtrack mm. but like we're not going to get that on vinyl you know yeah. not now maybe at the time it did come out on vinyl but I don't know but um, yeah and then one of the last songs that were on was Beauty Has Her Way by uh, a band called Mummy Calls which were mm. an English band I think and they were another band that were they basically appeared and disappeared they had one um, album and then there was like whatever dispute happened to him but they never really kind of they never struck a big either as no well. and that, I think they were being really pushed by Warners as well but this is what happens with bands a lot of the, if you're lucky enough if you're mm. one of the kind of like fucking one in a million that do kind of like think yeah and you know, it's just right and so you know it's all the yeah. right set of circumstances and that it's just like is the money there to push you yeah all but even if time. it's not like record mm. labels to drop you like a fucking especially mm. at that stage but like bands would just come along to be one hit wonder and then you'd never hear of them again mm. it wouldn't be because they were crap or there, there was um, uh, an interview with the oh my god what are they ah oh, they'll come to me later but a band on Joe Rogan it's just two guys are in the band like a drummer and the guitarist mm-hmm. they're very big they've been around but they were talking and they were saying like it's just the amount of people that are like promised million dollar deals and then oh, kind yeah. of, you know it's very common for pe- bands to get started they have one album and then all of a sudden they're in fucking kind of like you know they're horrific debt, debt. Yeah, to the um, 50 grand each or something yeah, yeah so record companies are evil yes they, they seem to be yes um but that's that's another discussion another, for another yeah. time yeah yeah now, one of the things is what they always he, there's two songs in the movie that they're not on the centre there might be more mm. but there's two that say Walk This Way oh yeah by Aerosmith there's a scene where when they like bring Buck and Michael off and they're like oh look if you want to be live forever you're going to have to kill mm. then they go in and they kill all the surf Nazis or the surf punks mm. um and like when they were shooting that at the time that was like uh, Schumacher took a day off and he left it to the second director to kind of go go, alright will you do this Um, and now they were aiming for not a family film but not like a brutal horror movie yeah so your man when he was shooting it it's like you see there's bits of it it's fucking the, the, the violence Violent, comes out but yeah. it works well in the context of the film that it goes from that to kind of like showing what they really are yeah. where it's like vampires biting into people's skulls ripping arms off and throwing bodies onto the fire now they shot it on a stage set and as well all the bodies were made out of toxic foam which yeah, people didn't yeah. seem to be aware of they threw it on the fire and they had to clear out the fucking the whole set yeah, um, as, yeah, poisoned, yeah. this is the thing apparently they weren't very popular on the sets of Warner Brothers at the mm. time there was a whole thing with the flies as well oh god yeah where they were there is you won't see it in the film because 
you can't flies see don't it. show up on screen that's yeah. the trouble they thought that there should be hundreds thousands of flies in the cave mm. to show that which it makes like, sense yeah, yeah there's all you know sort of bits of bones mm. and blood or whatever lying around but they didn't show it and as well how are you going to get flies to stay in the one area so basically for like about a month Warner Brothers sets were infested with flies yeah. <laughs> like so you, you can't really like gather that. them all but you can't go come here yeah. flies come on now well come they had a maggot wrangler for, that's true for I suppose yeah. Yeah. imagine having that in your CV Ma- yeah, maggot wrangler yeah <laughs> by day <laughs> um, but yeah there was Walk This Way which was never, which I can see what they probably couldn't get the uh, the rights for Aerosmith the rights for yeah. like the soundtrack but I remember at the time I was like oh my god like, why could, I loved that was the first time I heard Walk This Way kind yeah. of when I was a kid um, and then there was when he Sam is in the bat. Mm. Oh yeah, he's singing his little song. Yeah, I can't remember what the song is, but it's it's kind of like a I suppose an old blues song. Mm. Or kind of like all that I have in my head is Tutti Fruity or Rudy. That's right. It sounds a bit like that. Yeah. Mm. But yes. Yes. That is not. I see if I go trying to look it up now, it'll be kind of like you know an hour later. Yeah, he'd be like humming and hawing, going, "What was the cause?" Mm. Yeah. But yeah, all in all, hmm. how would you rate the soundtrack? Oh, um, well, this is the trouble because there's a couple of standout songs which would be like, oh my God, 10 out of 10. But then there's a, go- a couple of others here like, Jesus, just get rid of that, you're dragging it down. So I suppose overall, probably 8 out of 10. Well, that's a, that's yeah. a lot higher than I thought you'd hmm. give it. I don't know, probably just for Quiet Little Sister, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is, a, it's a big song. Yeah, like. This is something that we could do, actually, keep a, 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 scoreboard. a scoreboard going along. So yeah. you give it a bit an eight mm. um, I think you know as much as I love it I think I'd give it an eight as well mm. I, I don't think I'd give it higher because it is like that there's like Cry Little Sister Lost in the Shadows mm. um, People Are Strange and I quite like that Beauty Has Her Way I think mm. that's an unusual song it kind of nearly to a point it kind of nearly reminds me of some of the kind of the Manchester band stuff oh, right, yeah, yeah. like um, oh, like the Smiths mm. or not the Smiths the uh, the other fellas that did like you know I want to be adored oh um Stone Roses Stone Roses yeah so you know it has that yeah. kind of two vibe <laughs> two, yeah. they weren't even at the same yeah. time but you know that kind yeah. of like indie rock yeah. kind of thing to it mm. um, but yeah I think an 8 so I suppose we'd give mm. it like you know so the average is 8 mm. out of 10 on it um and it's number one on our leaderboard yeah yeah so <laughs> until we get more <laughs> yeah um, but yeah I think it's people, oh. if you haven't listened to it... Well worth a listen. Well worth, yeah. And the film is well worth a watch yeah. if you haven't seen it. I, th- I think what we probably covered is, well, it's something that I'm most familiar with. Like, I mean, a lot of those soundtracks in the 80s, do, they were a big deal when they were being released. Mm. Um, and it's not really that much of a thing anymore kind no. of with soundtracks. But it's it was, like, fucking massively hyped at the time. Mm. Um, I think it's really important as well because it was, well, it was one of the first films that I can remember seeing where it was like the music played that much of an important role yeah. and not the score to it because I think yeah. up until that point as well a, a lot, lot of films were just scores, scores yeah. and they weren't actually picking selecting tracks to actually play and be a, almost a character in the yeah. role right. But even like John Hughes films yeah. like, I mean you'd think about um the Breakfast Club mm. it's really just the end yeah. where it has kind of like the fucking don't you forget don't about you me know. kind of for you know people remember those bits but throughout the most of the rest of the film was a score yeah. and that's you know where it was to have maybe one or two tracks really heavily associated with it but like with Lost Boys the music gave it that energy gave it that youthful vibe it was everywhere Yeah, like I, I don't think there was really many quite points mm. you know where, where well definitely that when there was young people around where they yeah, were going there was off. always a party 
Yeah. yeah, the score great. itself is good yeah. as well, but the score has that kind of like cry little sister kind of mm. like thing kind of running through it. But um, yeah, so do you have anything else to add? No, just as I said, if you haven't seen the film or listened to the soundtrack, go do it. What are you waiting for? And yeah. how have you not at this stage? Mm. But yeah, I suppose that rounds up uh, this week's show. Mm. Uh, be sure to, we don't really have any social set up yet. Mm. Um, so but we'll, we'll let you know. Yeah. Kind of like just, if you if you do like the show, kind of like mm. subscribe, please. Or if you have any suggestions you'd like to hear yeah, chat about. I'm not, I'm not going to hammer on with this and kind of like, you mm. know, other show because I, I, I think if you like a show, of course, you're going to subscribe. If you don't like it, you're not even at this point anyway. So yes, I don't think you have to be doing call to actions. I'd like to think that if people are listening to this, they've got some kind of modicum of intelligence to them. <laughs> that they get a bookmark yeah. or a like or a subscribe yeah. or whatever. Indeed. But, um, yes, thank you for listening. Yes, it's thank much you very appreciated. Much. And yeah, hopefully we can talk to you kind of like in the future. That's and kind it. of like, yeah. So. That's it. So cry little sister. Yes. <laughs>